You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening and welcome to the Lockdown Pistons podcast, your episode for Thursday, March 11th in one year from the Rudy Gobert game today. This is your boy Matt Shook, the host of the Lockdown Pistons podcast, the sports writer here in Detroit City covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life just like you guys, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. And I'm Brother Brian and I missed you guys. My all-star break is over now, I guess. Back from Cancun, today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the word and spending your time with the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Today, Brother Brian is in the house. We are talking about the second half of the NBA season and the Pistons season starting tonight. Pistons back in action tonight in the Queen City down in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're also going to look back. I promised this. We were going to break down, maybe re-litigate a little bit of Troy Weaver's offseason. I gave him so much crap, I guess, for a couple weeks there that I got to pay my penance and see how uh, how much credit we want to give him. And it's a lot. Spoiler alert. So also later on, my grade for Troy Weaver's offseason. Brother Brian will have a grade for him as well as we recap what has gone down so far, and maybe this is a grade that will change more as we look back on this past offseason, next offseason, and maybe it will just uh, be an evolving thing as it kind of always is in these kind of situations. But give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H. Another underscore after that, also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account. And check us out on Facebook at Locked on Pistons dash Matt Shook. Give Brother Brian a follow at bshook12 on Twitter and also the play Michigan. Oh, I got, I got to skip that one. We hit 1,000 followers tonight, so no play Michigan. So we'll, uh, we'll make it up to you, and we'll skip the next week after today. So next week, all uh, no promos. But anyway, Brian, as I mentioned, one year ago today was the March 11th famed Rudy Gobert testing positive, and uh, we're not going to talk about that much today, but uh, a year, huh? It's been a rough one, but, <laughs> you know, we got – we've got more uh, basketball on the way. I've missed the Pistons. I thought I'd be a little, you know, I thought I'd be a little relieved to this break, but about halfway through, I really started missing watching these guys. They've brought a lot of joy through this tough year that we've been going through as a society. And I'm excited to have them back tonight. And they're going to be in Charlotte. Like you mentioned, they're taking on one of the upstart, you know, kind of a surprise team in the NBA. They've had a pretty good offseason, as it turns out, as well. Uh, Charlotte's 17 and 18. They're currently the number seven seed in the Eastern Conference. They'd be in that play-in tournament. They're led by an offseason acquisition uh, before we get to the big draft pick, obviously. Gordon Hayward was somebody that uh, signed a contract that was largely panned throughout the league, but uh, his really kind of like Jeremy Grant uh, stepped up and made himself seemingly worth the big money that Charlotte gambled on. He's averaging almost 22 points a game, grabbing five rebounds, throwing four assists. Uh, he, he's really kind of got it going in uh, Charlotte. 
the injury that he gruesomely suffered against for Boston in his first game with the Celtics, the word was that that might be a little bit of a couple year kind of injury. So you get over that, you return, and it, then it's just you're coming back and trying to fit into this team with these other emerging stars in Boston. And obviously, it didn't work out like they had hoped before signing that big deal. But you know, you're Charlotte, you're Detroit. You got to maybe sometimes overpay compared to what idiots like me on Twitter think in the off season to bring quality players to your city. And that was the case for certainly Gordon Hayward. And he's playing up to that contract right now. Somebody, uh, both you and I underestimated. And uh, one of the big stories in the first half, of the NBA was the play of LaMelo ball. Uh, he's almost 16 points a night, six rebounds, six assists. He's been everything anybody could have expected. And again, I, a lot of people had him ranked higher than, than I did. And I'm eating a lot of crow with that one because he's looked at the high end of what we thought his ceiling was going to be. Front runner for rookie of the year right now, certainly no matter what, no matter who you ask, uh, just playing really well, just seemed to be ready for the NBA and seemed to be waiting for his chance to get to the NBA, whereas people watch his tape. And I mean, we watch the full games of YouTube of – of the uh, the team Ilahara or whatever it was down in Australia, the Hawks. It just it didn't look pretty at times, especially watching the entire game. But he's been outstanding. We knew about the ball handling. We knew about the passing and those other things. You know, the, the shooting has come around more than you would have expected for his rookie year. So props to Lamelo Ball and props to those of you out there who were riding with him during the draft process. And Charlotte really is a high scoring team. You've got Terry Rozier's. Averaging over 20 this year, Devontae Graham, Malik Monk, P.J. Washington, and Miles Bridges, all in double digits. So they really do get a lot of scoring from a lot of different areas. One person, and this is going to be a theme of today's show, we have to give a general manager some credit that maybe we didn't give at first, and we'll do that a little bit later with Troy Weaver, but Mitch Kupchak of the Charlotte Hornets, uh, Michael Jordan as the owner, not re-signing Kemba Walker and losing him for nothing and then turning that into a sign-and-trade for Terry Rozier, who a lot of people were making fun of that contract when that sign-and-trade happened. Devontae Graham was a second-round pick that kind of came, uh, you know, it was just another second-round pick. Not too many expectations there. LaMelo Ball, uh, third pick of the draft, a little bit of a no-brainer when he falls that far. But, you know, maybe there's people like me out there who said, ah, just keep your hands off of them and, and do, pick someone else. And then Gordon Hayward. That's four, four very important moves. P.J. Washington the year before on the pick as well. This Charlotte Hornets are putting together move after move after move. And I know that no one in the national media is going to go back and say, hey, well, I was wrong about Troy Weaver or, hey, I was wrong about Mitch Kupchak because those aren't national media guys. And – Whenever Daryl Morey takes a crap, we got to talk about how great he is. And whenever Travis Schlenk uh, has a, make, takes a crap himself, we got to talk about how great he is too. But we don't, these small market, these mid market, these guys that aren't necessarily hugely connected around NBA media circles, I think we got to, and, and tar, Charlotte never tanked. They were always mediocre. And the, there's a fine line right there. And they got to thread the needle. And they have, and they've got an exciting team. They've got one of the, best NBA young stars. They've got nice pieces in Rozier and, uh, and Graham. You add that to Washington. You add that to Gordon Hayward as the, as the, the, the veteran guy. This is a good-looking team, and it must be fun for Hornets fans, just like it is probably to a lesser extent right now, but maybe with the upward trajectory the same for Pistons fans as well. 
Yeah, the Pistons are five and a half point underdogs tomorrow night in Charlotte. Game number hasn't been released yet, but follow us on Locked On Twitter, uh, Locked On Pistons on Twitter, uh, and we'll get that information to you. The game is going to tip off at seven o'clock from the Spectrum Center in Charlotte. It's going to be on Fox Sports Detroit and WWJ nine fifty AM. First look for a lot of folks at LaMelo Ball, unless you're on the, the league pass or have caught some of the national games, but it should be fun to see the young man go. And, and pretty soon, you know, it sounds like Killian Hayes is getting back into things a little bit, and uh, we'll expect maybe some more concrete news from him going forward. But the indications are good. He's up back on Instagram posting. So we're excited about Killian Hayes sometime soon, and uh, we'll see how uh, the young Pistons point guard is able to get when he gets back, if he gets back this season but up next dissecting the offseason of Troy Weaver we gave him too much trouble here on Lockdown Pistons now how much credit are we going to give the uh, Mr. Weaver that's coming up next here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast but first gotta tell you guys about the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week and this week it is Anthony Simons the dunk contest champion I gotta give myself a tip of the cap for calling Anthony Simons as the dunk contest champion got it made it happen over Cassius Stanley and Obi Toppin, so bringing joy. I love you know. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big dunk contest guy anymore. But it's for the fans. It's for the young guys. It's for the kids. It's for the, the young ladies out there that watch. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, Vince Carter. Uh, maybe when I was a teenager and previous to that, the uh, the end of the Jordan dunk contest era and some of those. D Brown was a big one for me. So all about the joy. All about the uh, the happiness and enjoyment, and that's what the dunk contest is all about. So this week's Ultra Player of the Week for winning the dunk contest is Anthony Simons. Maybe not the most remember- memorable dunk contest, but still good. But it's only worth it if you enjoy it, and we enjoyed the dunk contest. 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. The joy creates success. The enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. It's what it's all about. Remember that. The joy, the happiness, and the Enjoyment. Congrats to Anthony Simons, Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. It's bang the over brother Brian, and you know what I'm here to talk to you about. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Yes, sir! 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. All right, a little bit later on, we are going to give our letter grades, revised version, maybe the second marking period for what we think about Troy Weaver and how the offseason went a lot different in my perspective and maybe from Brother Brian's perspective as well. But before we get into that, Brian, I guess we got to kind of revisit what happened in the offseason, maybe what we thought of it then and what we thought of it now. I'll start us off. First move of the Pistons offseason was the first day that – you could do anything. It was kind of the open of the league year. And on Monday morning, news breaks 
that the Pistons are trading Bruce Brown. And I got to just come up, come up with the first because it's going to do, do a little negative first before we turn that frown upside down a little bit. But Bruce Brown traded to the Brooklyn Nets for Jean and Musa, picked up a second round pick from the Toronto Raptors. And it's just a tough one to swallow because it's a, it's a useful role player. And I know that a lot of the Bruce Brown detractors are out there saying, you know, it's only because he's playing with three Hall of Famers right now. But guess what? Other teams have other good players, and he would have value on a lot of good teams. And no one's saying that he's going to dominate by running his own offense or anything like that. He's a complimentary player. He's a role player. He fits in with good teams. I think he could fit in with building teams as well. It's the one, I would say, obvious miss of the Troy Weaver offseason. And if you can't – I don't know. Like, I, I, There's some people out there that are saying – you know, you needed to clear him out to get Josh Jackson minutes, and there's 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 something to be said for that. I get it. But it's just about the value of what you get for something. And when you're talking about Toronto's pick, whether it's 45 or 41 or 49, it's almost nothing. It's almost not any value to have a mid to late second round pick. And maybe they make a deal and surprise and do a little bit of a tank and get into the low the high thirties. That's unexpected. But to me, it's just the one obvious miss, and, and it's going to be why I'm going to be holding back probably later on from the A-plus type of grade that a lot of Pistons fans are probably giving Troy Weaver halfway through this year. Well, you're right. That's, I mean, it's great that that's the only thing we're talking about. We can obviously all agree this is an extremely positive offseason in tone. The return on some trades early – you know, got it off to a little bit of a, you know, a tenuous start. We weren't sure exactly. But you got to remember, Trey Weaver was coming into a situation where he obviously was just looking to clear out with only, you know, two members left from last year's team on the roster right now. He was obviously looking to do some clearing out. And these were assets that he didn't value. So he, as much as obviously that we as Pistons fans valued. So he got what he got. He was aggressive. And, you know, that being the only miss – uh, in a offseason that had some very aggressive swings is, I think, going to be indicative in how we kind of, I think, both see this offseason. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the main point, is that when you're very aggressive and you do a lot of things, there are going to be some misses, and that's all right. I mean, that's that's part of the game. I mean, if you were very conservative and had a bunch of misses, then that's a big problem because then you don't have the successes to to kind of balance it out. But draft night comes along. But an hour before the draft, the Pistons reportedly make a deal with the Houston Rockets to acquire the 16th pick of the draft, picked up Trevor Ariza, gave up a future protected first-round pick that's going to be kicked down the road for at least the next couple years, probably something like year three, four, or five. If it's a mid-first-round pick, that'll be transferred over to the Houston Rockets, and uh, we'll see how that goes years and years down the line. Uh, but the Pistons end up with number 16 pick, and then they still have number seven. They draft Killian Hayes at number seven. They draft Isaiah Stewart at number 16. Then out of nowhere, number 19 comes along, and uh, the Pistons come to an agreement with a deal with the L.A. Clippers to trade Luke Kennard and four second-round picks for the 19th pick of the draft and Roddy Magruder. Pistons take Sadiq Bay at number 19. No second-round picks for the Pistons until they make a trade acquiring uh, the 38th pick of the draft and uh, Tony Bradley from the Utah Jazz and give up uh, essentially nothing. I think some cash just in the deal there. So And draft Saban Lee out of Vanderbilt there. So, Brian, what do you like most about uh, draft night for Troy Weaver? 
Well, actual draft night was a blast to be a part of. It was just yeah, fun as the right. wheeling and dealing was happening and the energy was really high and that carried over for uh, a couple of weeks there. So mm-hmm. right into training camp. But I think obviously the aggressiveness uh, was turned out to be a positive because he's hit on three of those four guys. Now, the fourth guy happens to be what was supposed to be the crown jewel. And there were there was definitely going to be a learning curve with him. And I think that they were maybe a little aggressive in the coaching. So I hope they choose to kind of bring him back a little bit more slowly and maybe uh, be able to work his way into some more confident looking plays. But, you know, that being said, it, it was, it was a fun draft night and he seemingly made, you know, more right decisions than wrong. And we should have kind of known that this was going to be the, 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 the crazy continuation of this roster. If you want to bring in four rookies on draft night on a night that you went into it with one pick and you end up with four guys coming your way, there's obvious that you want to do a lot of teardowns and buildups in that first year and you're looking for your kind of guys. So, yeah, I remember being very excited just like you. I think I gave the draft a B-plus only because I did like Halliburton over Hayes there at number seven. I liked Hayes too. Like I'm not saying that – didn't want Killian Hayes, but just just wanted maybe Halliburton ahead of him, like a lot of folks out there did. And uh, I remember liking Isaiah Stewart quite a bit. And I remember Sadiq Bay. I was fine with too. And the Pistons fans were really excited about Sadiq Bay, and uh, obviously for good reason. So far, Saban Lee. I don't think anyone has much thought about him after the draft, but just what we've seen so far in these past few weeks, a nice little diamond in the rough for Troy Weaver to find in the second round as well free agency man I don't know it was just kind of a whirlwind night again this one a little bit more negative certainly from my perspective and I think from the fans too because you're expecting Christian Wood to come back right you're expecting the re-signing of Christian Wood you're thinking okay we've got Tony Bradley and Isaiah Stewart and uh, at that time maybe Christian Wood's going to come back you know you've got Blake Griffin on the roster as well. So certainly not a lot of centers going to come in. And then it becomes center fest, right? The first deal announced is Mason Plumley, and they had the numbers right away at three years, $25 million. And then Jaleel Okafor comes aboard. You've still got Tony Bradley. And you've got uh, Dwayne Dedman as well. I think that trade happened maybe a little bit later with the Tony Snell, Kyrie Thomas, uh, Dwayne Dedman deal. And then Josh Jackson as a nice signing that I think everybody liked at the time. Low risk, high reward for a guy that you can slot in on a reasonable contract for two years and it seemed like everything was pretty much done Christian Wood was moving on to Houston and it was like okay uh, maybe they're gonna hold over some cap space or we're not really sure what's gonna happen here the next thing we know Jeremy Grant is announced at three years 60 million dollars and just kind of blindsided by what happened there And I think DeLon Wright the trade for Ariza to Dallas and DeLon Wright comes back and then the Bruce Brown trade got mixed in with the Canard trade, so things got a little bit crazy. I don't. I think I might have blacked out for a little while there. Um, what I mean, looking back, and I know it's a loaded question, Brian, because we just talked about like ten different things. But what do you think about Troy Weaver's opening of free agency and the legendary night where he he? Uh, I think he emptied the clip. I think that's fair to say, right? Again, just the aggressive nature that he's attacked this and. You know, the, you know, the seemingly consistent decisions he's brought, you know, decided on the types of people that he's brought into the organization as well. So I think he had a vision. Um, it included, you know, the, the entire offseason as a package, making a competitive environment for people to, young people to really 
you know, some on a second or last chance uh, to prove themselves and, you know, some rookies coming right out of uh, college. And it's been a successful plan that he, the front office and and the coaching staff uh, have put together. Now, look back at the incomplete uh, at that number seven pick as the only really black mark on Troy Weaver's offseason. I, I was I'm really impressed with the whatever process it was, the telling evaluation process and, and the results that it uh it gave. And I think the Christian Wood one is I think one that a lot of Pistons fans still hold on to because he's obviously very talented and he's obviously put up numbers when he's healthy and it sounds like he's back to practice for the Houston Rockets too. The Pistons might see him relatively soon in a Houston Rockets uniform. But to me I don't have a problem with it. I I, I know that you want to hold on to assets, you want to keep value, but it was probably at the end of the day, salary cap wise, Grant or Wood, right? I mean, the numbers weren't going to work to bring Wood back and to do all the things that uh, the Pistons wanted to do. So it's not like you could just say, oh, don't bring in Plumley," and you could bring in Wood instead. That's not what you really realistically could have done. And the other thing is you got to get Wood to agree to come back. He agreed to the sign and trade. So it's not like Christian Wood wanted to come back to the Pistons. And Troy Weaver has a type that he wants and Troy Weaver has a DNA that he wants it seems like Bruce Brown might fit that from us on the outside but it's obvious that Luke Kennard and Christian Wood don't and it makes sense when you watch those guys play Christian Wood isn't a supremely talented guy Luke Kennard to a lesser extent a very talented guy as well but you're establishing the DNA and, and people like me have been talking about that for years why is Stan Van Gundy drafting Donovan Mitchell over or Luke Kennard over Donovan Mitchell it seemed like a miss right when it happened just because you watched the two guys and one guy looks like a Detroit Piston and one guy doesn't so it seems like Troy Weaver understands this and he gets this and yeah we, we all I gripe a little bit about the value you're not getting enough for Bruce Brown some of the trades I got a little quibble with, the four second-round picks that get attached to Luke Kennard, who signs for $65 million before he plays a game with the L.A. Clippers. Now he's got some knee situations again. I wonder if one day they're going to say, wow, a first-round pick, uh, and we took on Ariza's deal to get the 16th pick in the draft. Now, Isaiah Stewart's great, and we all uh, appreciate Isaiah Stewart and the player that he will become, hopefully for the Pistons, but just a value for value proposition, especially on draft night with kind of the unknowns of what Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart might be. I still have some issues with those trades. Again, not a big deal. We're talking about moves around the margins and the Jeremy Grant. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it a triple or a home run at this point for Troy Weaver, but it's either one of those and it's, and it's, it's really good. And bringing in the type of player like that, who is an asset for you now, not that you should even really be looking to move him because he's just turned 27 years old. He's a part of this future for this team. He is an understated uh, fringe star who is very much worth the 19 or $20 million he's getting this year. You've got him on a nice contract. But I, I will say it. I started negative. I'm going to end negative. Just Mason Plumley. I, I still I still don't. I, I, I mean, it's, it's not the F that I thought it was on, on the night that it, that it came in. It, I just – he's having a career year at age 31, and there's nobody talking about trading for him, right? So, so how good of a contract was it? I know he was brought in to make Killian Hayes' life easier. Well, what happened there? I mean, it, you can't control injuries, but that's why you don't use cap space to sign veteran players because I suspected that maybe the 31-year-old center might be the one with the injuries and not the point guard, but that swing didn't really work. And I know that now I think Dwayne today says the media – uh, you know, 
uh, Mason Plumley is really helping Isaiah Stewart. One of the reasons we wanted him because he could make Isaiah Stewart uh, show him what it's like. Well, I don't think Isaiah Stewart's a guy who needs to be shown what it's like to be a professional. And there are other professionals out there that you don't have to give a, a three-year, $25 million contract. Now, the $8 million plus per year plus the trade kicker, it's not crazy for the value if you compare it to the values. I just say cap space, just think you could do it's more worth it. Now, again, not the F that I said it was that night. Uh, I don't know if it's a C minus or in my opinion or a D plus or whatever you want to call it. But I just I, – I watch Mason Plumley. I understand he's got uh, gifts. He's got skills. He's a passer. He um, finishes the lobs. He is a positional player. Um, doesn't do other things that maybe help you when he doesn't protect the rim. Uh, he doesn't make three-pointers. And maybe there's by design that he doesn't do those things on a team that's trying to tank. But I just – I can't get there – um, yeah, Mason Plum is a nice player. I've always said that all along, but he's not a reason to commit long-term money for because you're going to be talking about 32 and 33 years old, and and then what? Especially because you might be drafting Evan Mobley. You've got Isaiah Stewart under contract. Um, I still think they should move him now if they got a chance to. Uh, I kind of changed my tune on that just because uh, you want to tank. You want to be the worst team in the NBA, and guys like DeLon Wright also and Mason Plumley aren't helping that and I know there's a locker room thing and I know there's a developmental thing, but I don't buy those factors as much as, uh, as maybe it's being, being sold again, overall good off season, very good off season, but, uh, just a couple of warts to me. And I know Brian and, and probably a lot of fans listening, would probably disagree with the Plumley one at this point. You didn't say anything that was untrue. And I don't think anybody who's watching what's going on in the league with, and what, during that offseason, especially with the contracts, uh, couldn't see. But he's playing as well as you could have expected him. You're questioning it. Questioning it. He's made you question it more than you expected him to make Absolutely. you question it. Absolutely. Yep, sure. So, so I think at the end of the day, that was another good move. And based on your logic, you can talk me into a BB plus move on that, on that specific one. Um, but as well as Mason Plumlee's played in very, in some situations, he's obviously helping somebody in the, you know, helping that front court somehow and, and giving it some kind of presence that pe- other teams have to watch out for. So what's the verdict for brother Brian and I about Troy Weaver's off season. That's coming up next year on the lockdown Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the lockdown network, your team every day. But first, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet for your ride. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, maybe your third car, maybe your fifth car, get everything you need and a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, it's those prices at rockauto.com. They're always reliably low and the same for the pros as the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. Support those who support us on independent media here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar 
is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. And today, got a couple of matchups still up at BuiltBar.com. The German chocolate and the salted caramel and also the mocha love and the WC birthday cake. So a lot of great choices out there. I'm picking German chocolate. I'm also going with the mocha love because actually, no, I'm going with the birthday cake. I've never even had it. That's like maybe the one flavor that's out there that I haven't never tried. So I'm interested in it. Dub C birthday cake. That sounds amazing to me. So that's who I am voting for. Go to builtbar.com or to bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember, use the promo code locked on 20 like I did yesterday to get 20% off your next order. That is locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, how much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, you need to subscribe to the Lockdown NBA Draft podcast. Prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. Brother Brian, here on a Thursday, he'll also be with us on a Friday tomorrow. We'll break down who to watch in the conference tournaments this weekend. And I haven't heard anything, but uh, the Pistons are playing the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday night on the road. And we'll have an update on whether Blake Griffin will be playing in jersey number two for the Nets on Saturday night. I haven't heard if he's going to go right away or if he needs some time, but certainly we'll at least have Bruce Brown in action against his former team as well. And what should be an entertaining game for the Pistons at the Nets. And Brother Brian's going to tell us the college guys to watch on conference tournament weekend as well. Big stuff here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. But Brian, we set it up with the Troy Weaver offseason, and now it's time I'll let you go first. The letter grade, uh, half season into his rain how does troy weaver grade in your mind well as we decided to have this as a topic to talk about i I kind of started at b plus but then as you know we've discussed and you know just going through a little bit deeper into it i've kind of isolated over to a a minus because free agency was such a success i think you know again you said we're dealing with minor uh, issues right here where, you know, kind of, you know, splitting hairs a little bit on some of these and talking about value things with, um, you know, Mason Plumley or some of the returns on the trades. But the, with the roster construction, what it was, the decisions that were made by the front office, it seems like everything was a right one. Again, except for the one glaring hole for me is that number seven pick and the question marks that still, you know, revolve around Killian Hayes. And I'm not down on Killian in any way. It's it's true and complete. We saw glimpses of things that we really liked. And then since he's been injured, we watched two other draft decisions that Troy Weaver made come along extremely quickly. And, you know, that maybe gives you some hope that, oh, if he was this good at evaluating the talent with those two guys, well, you know, maybe we're being greedy to say he hit three for three on the, you know, in an NBA draft, but some signs were there to think that that could happen. So with everything else being such a success by the standards we set, a competitive team that was going to be bad enough record-wise to be high up in the lottery. That's exactly what we've done. So I think he's fulfilled 
the two goals we could have realistically asked for for as fans, and um, that's why I'm going to give him an A minus. Yeah, my thought process is very similar to what yours was, except I'm just like a level below. I gave him a D plus to at the end of the off season about everything in totality with the draft and the free agency. That so I was I was between a B and a B minus when I started thinking about this. And I was like, I just, you know, the Bruce Brown trade is maybe the worst trade that any team made in this off season. And it, it and again, Bruce Brown, I know that people are, are rolling their eyes because Bruce Brown will never make an all-star team. And he's just a kind of a super complimentary player right now, but that's, that's an important piece. And to give him away for nothing when he's got that DNA and he's got that ethos to me is a miss and it's a big miss. And um, like you mentioned, Killian Hayes, we all hope, we all believe that uh, there's a chance that Killian Hayes turns into a very good player. He's 19 years old. No one's given up on a kid because he had seven bad games and an injury. But, again, we, we have to judge what's in front of us right now, and it doesn't look good. I mean, if you want to give all the credit for the, some of the young guys who look so good, you kind of got to look at it on the other side too. So I was between B and B- minus after giving a D plus, But then I thought to myself, stop being a douche, right? Stop being an a-hole and just like, – and we said, I said it at the time. Uh, during the off season, uh, when we were trying to kind of make sense of what was happening and, and put a positive spin on it, and it was, it was, it's more important that you get the players right. You know, if there, if you gave up a couple extra second round picks in a Canard trade, if the value of the Mason Plumley contract wasn't exactly what the perfect value was, or if you at the time we were talking about if you overpaid Jeremy Grant that's not as big a deal as identifying the right players and identifying the guys who can kind of turn this fan base around and turn this thing around. So I said, I'm going to not be a douche and I'm going to make it a B plus instead. I went all the way up to B plus. I couldn't go, couldn't go all up to a minus just because again, the Brown thing and the Hayes thing. And I still don't love the Plumlee thing. And I know we can, uh, we can all kind of agree to disagree as fans about this fan base. But again, I want to end positive and just say B plus is pretty damn good, first of all. And I think the, uh, you can't control the injury. Bruce Brown's not going to be the reason that the Pistons can't climb out of a hole in the next couple of years. Um, some value things with second round picks. Uh, you can get more second round picks. There's ways to do it. The Pistons have already shown that uh, with the, the Derrick Rose trade too. So it's, it's a positive thing. We're looking ahead. We're thinking we believe in the guy who's making the decisions in Troy Weaver and that player evaluation, that draft evaluation, the relationships around the league uh, is capitalizing on that. And I think, again, Pistons fans are really excited about this team despite the fact that they're you know 10-win team right now at the All-Star break. And there's, a great, there's great reasons to be very excited about this team, not only the, the guys that are in-house, but the opportunities for picks going forward, the uh, the cap uh, relief that'll come when Blake's number is off the books after next season. It's just a lot to be really excited and a lot to be really positive about. And I'm excited, and I know you are too, Brian, and we're excited for Pistons basketball to begin up tonight. I'm looking for an encore to this offseason by Troy. I mean, if we're... You know, Shuffle the deck how, again. Bring, get, yeah, all, get rid of them all. Yeah, right. How many people will be on the roster right now in a year? No, I, you know, I, I am really excited. And there is a lot to be excited about. And there are two or three very key pieces that need to be added to this team before we know what the complete picture is, whether that's through cap space or, you know, high lottery draft picks. But I don't think the best player on this team is on the roster. And that's ultimately what Troy Weaver's legacy is going to be tied to. And that's the player that Troy Weaver's legacy is going to be tied to. 
Now, he set himself up to have a couple of really good opportunities to find those guys. You know, he's going to have a lot of money to spend next offseason, upcoming yeah. offseason after that. Um, and then, you know, he's going to have a high lottery draft pick this offseason. So he's really set himself up for success here to uh, get that right. But the the face of the next great Pistons team I don't think is here yet. And uh, that's going to be the most important uh, decision Trey Weaver makes, and it's going to be coming up in the next two off seasons. Yeah, we're kind of putting after all the moves he made last off season, and, and, and I agree with you. Going into two weeks from today, by the way, is the trade deadline. We're not really anticipating many fireworks, right? Maybe a Wayne Ellington deal, possibly a Delon type of deal as well, but nothing too much more major than that. And then not a lot of cap flexibility this this coming off season, and then the high draft pick too. So you could really say that this is going to be very conservative. There's going to be the one number, whatever top five pick, hopefully added to this roster. Uh, They get the second round picks. Maybe they package those. Maybe they kick them down the road and say, let's get some more seconds in the future. That could be a possibility too. But the, the conventional wisdom at this is that, you know, these 10, 10 guys or eight, at least eight guys will all be back on the roster next year. But I don't know. I mean, we'll see. And that's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's what most people will predict that happens at the trade deadline in the offseason. But you wonder if Troy Weaver's got more moves up his sleeve, if he's got more stuff cooked up, and hopefully it turns out as delicious as it has for Pistons fans since this past offseason. And salute to Troy Weaver emptying the clip and uh, restoring, not rebuilding the Detroit Pistons because the Detroit Pistons don't rebuild, they restore. Uh, congratulations to Troy for a great start to his career as general manager of the Detroit Pistons. But that wraps up this edition of Lockdown Pistons Now. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow with more Brother Brian. Troy, we trust.